Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Jeremy Kalmanowski with you today, learning Yevamot, page 94, with Tzadik Dalit. We have in this chapter noted that although the gold standard for witnessing in Jewish law is to have two witnesses, in the case of somebody who comes from another country and says, you know, so-and-so has died and his wife can now be permitted to remarry, we accept a single witness with the authority of the Beit Din. Why does Jewish law deviate in the case of marital marital uh, identity to permit a single witness when, when usually it requires two? Our page will tell us it is to forestall the possibility of igun, or uh, to create an aguna, to create a woman who is chained, literally, and cannot remarry. That's obviously a well-known uh, theme in contemporary Jewish life. We know of women whose husbands refuse to give them a get out of spite or, or manipulation or abusive behavior. Such cases are a particularly modern phenomenon. Maybe, maybe they existed in pre-modern times too, but they're the ones that we focus on nowadays. But that's not the principal case of, uh, of Aguna in, back in Talmudic times. The principal case, where in a time obviously before telecommunications or, or anything like that, was when somebody disappeared and they just didn't know whether he was alive or dead and that poor woman was stuck uh, with, with no recourse, you know, to, to go forward. So uh, the Mara considers a single witness or any number of other people who would n- normally not be adequate witnesses, like women or people of lower social status as slaves, and other sorts of, of witnessing that is not generally uh, accepted, like hearsay or text, you know, like a documentary, you know, a piece of paper, something like that. Uh, in, in marital cases, those are permitted. Why so? To forestall ego. And now I'll read to you a passage from our page 94 on the olive side of the page, about uh, 10 or so lines down from the top. Amar le Rav Mordechai le Rav Ashi, ve'imre la Rav Acha le Rav Ashi, Rav Mordechai or Rav Acha, one or another of those two sages said to Rav Ashi, and he quotes a Mishnah from later, in our tractate, and says, "Ein ha'isha ne'emenet lomar meit yivami she'enaser velo meita achuti she'akanes leveita." A woman is not believed should she report that her she should be the witness who reports that her brother-in-law is dead, and therefore she may marry somebody else without going through the rite of yibum or chalitza, the levirate marriage. Nor is she permitted, or nor is she believed if she is the one who testifies, "My sister died, so therefore I now become eligible." To marry uh, her widow or my former my former uh, brother-in-law, which would otherwise not be permitted, the Gemara attempts to deduce from this: he nihi delo mehemana, she is not personally permitted to be the witness who testifies. Ha edechad meheman. However, that means only she is forbidden. But we do accept a single witness in such a case and don't demand two witnesses. The voice of the Gemara will not challenge that deduction and say, "Ule tamech emasefa." However, if you read the continuation of that Mishnah, the Gemara says, uh, "You'll you should draw the opposite conclusion." 
because it the continuation of that Mishnah says Ein Ha'ish Ne'eman Lomar Meh Achisha Ayavem Et Eshto Et Eshto Velo Meta Ishti Sheesat Achuta A man is neither permitted to be the witness who who testifies that his brother-in-law that his brother died such that he should perform Yibum or that his uh, wife died such that he could marry her sister and and as the Gemara will it it will point out the absurdity of such a conclusion Are you proposing that uh, are you proposing that only he is, is, is not permitted to be the witness, but a single witness is accepted in those cases, which is not true? But what would be the difference? Why, why is, does the Gemara offer the view that a single witness would be permitted to testify on the woman's behalf, but not on the man's behalf? It makes sense that, uh, that the requirements would be relaxed with respect to a woman's testimony, mishum iguna, because she might be left an aguna, she might be chained up, akilu barabanan. The sages therefore were lenient. Elagabeish, however, with respect to testimony that would benefit a man, would there would be no reason to, to be lenient, and therefore, no, we are not in fact lenient. But what is interesting about this, from a conceptual point of view, or as a modern Torah student, is that the sensitivity that the classical halacha mandates uh, about trying to avoid a case where somebody, through no fault of her own, simply the difficulties of knowing, you know, where people were and their their uh, status of being living or dead, back in ancient times, would leave people stuck alone, and that is just not something that the halacha can countenance. Halacha Esther has to find every possible way that she can also find a uh, a partner for the rest of her marital life. And indeed, to this day, halachic authorities, the real, uh, the real giants of halacha, including the recently deceased Rabbi Avodah Yosef, especially around the Yom Kippur War, uh, went over testimony and went over battlefield reports as much as possible. When people it was not clear what had happened to them, um, he, Rabbi Avodah Yosef is uh, is renowned to have spent hours and hours and hours and days and days and days trying to free Agunot in the wake of those that war, Yom Kippur War, and other wars. Um, because that is a major ethical impulse in halacha. Many modern people might object that rabbinic authorities aren't as uh, creative or as vigilant with respect to those cases of, of uh, misura vot get, those people whose husbands uh, refuse to give them the gets out of spite. They're not as, the rabbis uh, tend not to be as insistent as they were in those war cases. But I think that our page demonstrates and raises this issue uh, of halacha's great uh, insistence that we do whatever we can to free agunot. I'd like to read to you now the last uh, lines of Rambam's Laws of Divorce, in which he articulates why it is that, in general, in marital cases, we accept a single witness as opposed to the, the typical two witnesses. In chapter 13, Rambam concludes uh, those, that, that section of the Mishneh Torah. He says, and don't find it strange that the sages permitted, with, with respect to something as important as marital law, uh, for which adultery is certainly a death penalty crime, don't, don't think it's strange that the sages accepted women's testimony, even those of slaves, or, or hearsay testimony, or documentary testimony, without full, full investigation, as in monetary cases. Why? The Torah only insisted on the 
the the gold standard of two witnesses in all other matters. The sages in the Torah, rather, only insisted on two witnesses when the facts of the matter simply cannot be ascertained except by two witnesses. Kigon, in such cases as a case where someone has the testimony, you know, so-and-so killed so-and-so else, Plony killed Plony, or the Plony lent money to Plony. However, however, things in which the facts of the matter can be ascertained not with respect to this you know, witness, such as in a case where the witness testified that so-and-so died, the Torah does not insist on the two witnesses, because nobody is going to testify about something that will come out in the end if it is not in fact honest. The sages therefore relaxed the Torah's normal laws of witnessing and they, they made it more lenient. And they accepted a single witness or even a slave girl or even from a documentary without full investigation so that the daughters of Israel would not remain chained up and unable to find a partner. Thanks for learning today's page with me, and I look forward to learning with you again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.